Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. This is my grandmother, Naomi. We call her Nani for short. And this was her husband, my grandfather, A.D. And this was his brother, Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody knows him. One thing that we all know about Martin Luther King is that he changed the world. He ended up paying for that with his life in 1968 as a result of an assassin's bullet. What most people don't know is that his brother, A.D. King, was also part of the civil rights movement and was murdered one year after Martin Luther King. Their sacrifices left many loved ones behind, including my grandmother, Nani. She has witnessed the consequences of violence, hatred, heartache. How does one overcome and live a life after such tragedies? Well, she will tell you. The bottom line is ML preached and 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 more than make it clear that you must love everybody. You must do the right thing. He and AD preached that I want to do the right thing. And now and my walker's life is trying my best to follow in their footsteps preaching love, forgiveness. Because I think in my heart of hearts, the Lord will be pleased. All right, church. I hope you like that uh, clip, and I hope you'll watch uh, the documentary that we got to make for uh, Mrs. King. It was an honor to do that, and it's an honor to be with you all today. Yeah, when Mike asked me to preach on MLK Day, yeah, I was kind of, well, kind of I'm over for 2. Um, I wasn't that worried about the color of the skin thing. I was more worried about the content of my character. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm just glad to be here with you all. Mike knows me well enough to know that I'm kind of not really joking about that. So we've been, we've lived life together and kind of seen the best and worst in each other. And that's what brothers and sisters are for. Amen. All right. So, uh, you know, Dr. Patterson, Mike is a professor at Morehouse, and, and I know some of y'all are students there and, and some Spelman students as well, and that great institution, Morehouse College, um, was a preacher school, right? It was originally uh, Augusta Baptist College in Augusta, Georgia, and then it moved to Atlanta and became Atlanta Baptist College, and then Morehouse College, and trained preachers. And uh, some of the preachers that it trained were quite amazing. There's Alfred Daniel Williams, who had an amazing church here. It's now Ebenezer Baptist Church. And he gave a young guy a chance, a young guy that wanted to marry his daughter, Alberta, 
that came from Stockbridge, Georgia, watch, walking here to uh, find a better life. He had seen a lynching when he was a little boy in Stockbridge and just, you know, didn't want to be there. And uh, that was Martin Luther King Sr. Miss King always calls him Daddy King. And they, Alberta and Martin Luther King Sr. had three children. They had um, Christine Ferris King, who unfortunately passed away this last year. I remember Rhonda and I, when we were at her 90th birthday party, she's an amazing, amazing woman. And uh, of course, Martin Luther King Jr., who we honor this weekend and give gratitude for all that he had done to bring justice and peace in a nonviolent way. And then there was another brother, A.D. King, and the documentaries that we showed a clip from is about his widow, uh, Naomi. And uh, it's really great to think about the King family, and the title of my talk today is Lessons from Kings. So I want us to learn a few lessons from kings. You know, when we sit around with Miss King, um, Naomi, she's, not, she's 92 now. We'd, we'd sit around, we were at her house and got to spend a little bit of time a few years ago. Some people came in and, and she always tells these stories. And there's some story like you've never heard of and you're like, why haven't I heard this story? And we were sitting around, my friend Adam was next to me and Miss King just mentioned, yeah, and you know, when Daddy King got taken hostage and talked about him being taken hostage by some actor. And I was like, what? And Adam was Googling it and he's showing me. And so what had happened is um, after uh, Martin had been murdered, um, Daddy King was a trustee at Morehouse. And some of the students were really upset. And one of the gun-toting students was Samuel L. Jackson. Not just a movie gangster, y'all. And he took uh, Daddy King hostage. <laughs> and, uh, you know, took a couple of days, and, you know, they got the trustees released, and everybody put down the guns, and they got it worked out. And, you know, he got expelled. <laughs> and a couple of years later, he wanted to come back <laughs> to school. Now, if somebody had taken me hostage, <laughs> I don't know, I might feel some kind of way about them coming back to an institution of higher learning that I was a trustee of, but not Daddy King, not Martin Luther King Sr. He uh, forgave the young man, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson got to come back to Morehouse and finish his degree, right? And so it's incredible to see that capacity that the King family had, that that patriarch of the King family that he had, to be able to, to inhale violence, right? And exhale forgiveness, right? That's a lesson from a King. That's a lesson from Dr. Martin Luther King Sr. You know, I grew up, I really didn't know that much about the King family. I knew, you know, what we kind of know in school that Dr. Martin Luther King was 
an amazing civil rights leader. You know, I'd, I'd heard the I have a dream speech like we all have, and I'd read the letter from the Birmingham jail, which is an amazing piece of literature. I usually read it every MLK day. I'll read it tomorrow morning again. Um, but I didn't really have a, a sense of the essence at all of the King family. Rhonda and I got to meet um, Coretta Scott King uh, years ago at the ambassador's man or ambassador's residence. It was a mansion, but we'll call it a residence in uh, London. Our friend Phil had become the ambassador, and uh, we'd come over. We were living in Amsterdam, and we'd come over for events. And I don't remember everything that we talked about um, with Coretta at that time. But I just remember a, a presence that she had. Yeah, it was like um, dignity that had been refined by sorrow. Do you know what I mean? It's like someone who's been through it and comes out on the other side with grace, amazing grace. And that impacted me. I thought about that interaction a good bit. Those women in the civil rights movement, uh, we don't talk enough about them. You know, whether they were foot soldiers on the front line, or whether they were waiting by the phone. Is he in jail? Is he dead? What am I going to do with these children? That's what Miss King faced. Miss Naomi, that's what Coretta faced. So these women from that era handled so much, so gracefully. So when we think about MLK Day and we think about Dr. Martin Luther King, we also have to think about the women in the civil rights movement. Being refined by sorrow and coming out on the other side with grace and forgiveness. That's a lesson from a king. Coretta Scott King. You know, Rhonda and I got to meet Miss King, Naomi King, who we did the documentary about years ago at this church. <laughs> Remember, Angel? I think we were over in Atlantic Station and Rhonda and I would drive every Sunday. We were living in Birmingham. I had taken a job in Birmingham. and We would drive back every Sunday and uh, take that Highway 20 ride and come to church with Mike and Angel and the crew. And uh, one, one time Miss King showed up there and, and with the head of her foundation, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man, Dr. Babs on a banjo. And, uh, and we just became friends. And so for the last 12 years, I've got to serve on her board um, of the A.D. King Foundation. Of course, she wouldn't name it after herself. And uh, it's really a great friendship that's developed and we did the documentary we wanted to do it my friend my friend John asked me why would you do you know the documentary he's a documentarian like he's legitimate I'm like 
Wes and some of the others that we put that together were, you know, we don't really know what we're doing. And, uh, but I think the message will get across if you watch it. And he asked me why do we do it, and I, I didn't really know. I mean, I was just thinking, I want to tell Miss King's story. And then I thought, you know, it's actually just a container for our affection. Yeah. 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 We were with her yesterday. So she was in the hospital. She's in the hospital right now. She sends you her love and sends you her regards. Um, so she's on the prayer list. So pray. And uh, Rhonda and I got to spend a few hours with her yesterday and um, we just asked her, I said, Miss King, I'm preaching tomorrow. She goes, I know, I know, I want to be there, but she couldn't be here. And, uh, and I said, I'm going to be talking about you. And <laughs> she just kind of looked at me like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and I said, what do you want me to tell people about you? <laughs> and she said, uh, I want you to tell them about Jesus. And then I want you to tell them about my Boaz. Now, her Boaz, because her name is Naomi Ruth Barber King, her Boaz is her husband, A.D. Williams King. That's her Boaz. So, of course, in Mrs. King fashion, she didn't say anything about herself. She wants me to talk about Jesus and about her Boaz. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Miss King, but I'm going to talk about you. So there's a couple of expressions that she has that we love. And um, one of them is more serious and one of them is more light. So we'll go for the serious one first. And I thought, you know, with this church, we could do a little bit of like call and response. So uh, hoping, you know, at my, at my regular church, it may not work out. But <laughs> we're still trying to get them to clap. So... Just <laughs> being honest, y'all. This is not a day for lies. So this is the first thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what it is, and then I'll tell you what part I want you to say. So Miss King says that nonviolence does not mean you won't be killed. It means you won't be a killer. So the part I want you to say is it means you won't be a killer. Okay. So, Ms. King, in your honor, nonviolence does not mean you won't be killed. It means you won't be a killer. Oh, wow, y'all are good. Y'all have done this before. Right? And advocating for justice doesn't mean you won't be treated unjustly. Right? It means that you won't be unjust or deny justice to others. See, we can only control what we can control. We can't control what other people do. We can only control how we respond to it. And Jesus gave us a roadmap for the response. And it's a hard roadmap, y'all. I mean, if this part were not in the Bible, in my sinful nature, I would be very good with these words in red 
missing from my Bible. But I'm going to read them to you anyway. However, I say to you, don't repay an evil act with another evil act. But whoever insults you by slapping you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek to him as well. That does not fit my, my Miami MO. If someone is determined to sue you for your coat, give him the shirt off your back as a gift in return. And should people in authority take advantage of you, do more than what they demand. Learn to generously share what you have with others who ask for help. And don't close your heart to the one who comes to borrow from you. So this idea of turning the other cheek, this idea of going the extra mile, right? Oppressive Roman soldier makes me carry his armor for a mile because he can. And then I'm supposed to willingly carry it another mile. That is not an act of weakness. That is an act of resistance. Understand, don't be fooled. Jesus was not talking about weakness. Jesus was talking about resisting the narrative of hate. That's a hard one to resist. We get to choose as Christians the narrative that we follow. We get to inhale the hate and exhale love. You know what? To me, that sounds impossible. But I've seen living examples of that. I've seen people that have been through much worse than I've been through. Inhale the hate, the persecution, the injustice, the indignities, ah, and exhale love and forgiveness. How is that, How is that possible? Jesus? That's the only way. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's the only way. It's the only way that I can understand it. It's the only way I can even make sense of it. Because it's so different than my nature. Like, I can barely keep myself from retaliating if somebody cuts me off in traffic. <laughs> and Miss King forgave the people that murdered her husband. Wow! What in the world? I'll tell you what in the world. Jesus. I want to talk to you for a minute about her Boaz because she asked me to and because he's worthy to talk about. 
Yesterday when we were at the hospital, there was a, uh, she's got, in her bedroom, she's got a picture of, of Jesus that um, is on a plate. And when her house was bombed in 1963, her picture of Jesus, that plate was, was destroyed. And you'll see it in the documentary. And she, she, she put it back together. And uh, she put it back together with her fingernail polish. It looks beautiful. It looks like a, a work of art. And, uh, and she had a picture of it yesterday in the hospital. So uh, we were there, and um, I was just thinking about that. And just all she's been through, and there she is every day looking at a picture of Jesus. Um, and it's the picture of the plate that broke when her house was bombed. You know, Alvita, her daughter, uh, talks about when the house was bombed and uh, when the Birmingham police uh, bombed their house. So let's be clear on who did it. So no lies today. And um, how they got out with their two kids, their five kids, and A.D. and, and Naomi. And uh, Alvita talks about how her dad jumped up on a car because a crowd of the neighbors had gathered and there was about to, about to be a riot and uh, it was about to turn violent. And A.D. jumped up on a car and just said, no, don't, we're not doing this. If you want to hit anybody, I know you're mad. We're all safe. If you want to hit anybody, hit me but we're not doing this. You all come to church tomorrow and we'll work this out in a godly way. His house had just been bombed with his five kids and wife in it. That is crazy. That is crazy. But that is breathing in the hate and exhaling love. That's the power of God. That's a lesson from a king. That's Alfred Daniels Williams King. Mrs. King's Boaz. So we get to choose the, the narrative. We get to live out of our highest layer of identity. That's why Mike and I are friends. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our first layer of identity. And he forgot something. He said white guy. He didn't say old white guy. <laughs> no lies today. <laughs> but my first layer of identity is not old white guy. <laughs> and yeah, my first layer of identity is Jesus Christ. And everything in those next layers of identity, our race, our gender, our politics, all the rest of it, that's irrelevant compared to the surpassing greatness, the knowledge of Christ. Amen. So let me give you another Miss King saying. Y'all can take this one home. <laughs> I ain't going to let nobody or no thing stress me out. And she lives like that. 
I'm serious. I am serious. We were, we were coming back about a year and a half ago. We went to Nigeria for a wedding. And uh, yeah, it was something. Wow, I'll show you all pictures. It was wild. They made me, they made me a pastor there. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fake pastor in Nigeria. I'll tell you that story another time. See, now y'all want me to come back. I even have a picture. And um, when we were on our way home from Lagos, uh, you know, our flight was supposed to take off at about one o'clock in the morning. And uh, it ended up being delayed by five hours. Now, I don't know about you all, but if my flight is delayed by 10, 15 minutes, I'm blowing up the Delta desk to give me some free sky miles. No lies today. Yep. So Miss King, we bring her, we bring her in through security and get her settled. Everything's closed, so we couldn't even get you know, water. I think somebody actually brought some water to her. And we sat across from each other in this little overcrowded space for five hours. And she'd sit, she's in a wheelchair. She can walk, but you know, to get her around the airport is easier. And um, she'd sit and she'd just look content. She'd look over at me. You know, my heart, I'm a little disgruntled because my family's at the beach and tick-tock, I'm late for my holiday. Miss <laughs> King just sat and every hour or so, she'd look over at me and say, Mr. Stone Street, say yes, Miss King, are you okay? <laughs> I, I know it was legitimate care and concern, but it was also a subtle rebuke which I gladly accepted every hour for five hours. No complaint. No complaint. The circumstances didn't change her demeanor. Yeah, that's a lesson from a king. We were there in uh, Israel. We got to take her to Israel. She wanted to go so badly. And uh, she just said, I just want to walk where Jesus walked. So a couple of years ago, we arranged a trip to take her over. And um, yeah, it was crazy. We had so many crazy experiences. Why, brother, could you put up those pictures? We got a couple of pictures. So that's the Israeli Defense Force. Those young men. They'd already taken off their flak jackets when they found out who she was, but they're still carrying their automatic weapons. Yeah. But uh, this is my favorite picture of Miss King. That's the IDF guys. Probably some of them are gunned up in Gaza right now. And we were at Abraham's tomb. And um, it's five steps, it's five flights of stairs. And there was no way she was going to get to go to Abraham's tomb. But if Miss King wants to go to Abraham's tomb, we're going to find a way. <laughs> and these IDF guys, when they found out who she was, laid down their arms. 
took off their flak jackets and carried her up and down five flights of stairs. Yeah, yeah. And look at her face, right? She's fired up. Now these are Palestinian soldiers. Hmm, a lot gone on in the last two years. I'm not going to speak to all that, but I'm going to speak to Mrs. King, equally loved by the IDF guys and the Palestinian soldiers. Does that not give you hope? And why? Why is she loved? Because she and her family have shown the ability to inhale hate and exhale love and forgiveness. Right? That's the lesson of a king. You can take those down. That's cool. So I wanted to kind of think about another lesson. Just seeing Mrs. King living out Matthew 6.25, not worrying about what she eats or drinks or what she wears. You know, we're taking her down to, to baptize her. She wanted to get baptized in the Jordan so bad. We're taking her to baptize her. And uh, they, the only way she could get down was they had this lift, this wheelchair lift. And about 10 feet down, she's hanging about, 30, or about 20 feet up in the air, about 10 feet down on the lift. It broke. And she was up there in a wheelchair. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't like heights. And my, like, one of my big fears is getting stuck on a carnival ride. Like, I would hate that. And here she was. She's up there stuck, 20 feet in the air, wheelchair, no, no guardrails, just a little platform. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So we're scrambling to try to get her down. And uh, she's just there laughing, watching. Yeah, watching Dr. Babs and his family try to baptize each other in the Jordan because they're Nigerian and that water is really cold. And they're like, they were hating the cold, but, and she was up there just laughing at them. I'm like, it's unbelievable. So she didn't let anything or anyone stress her out. So <laughs> I think it's amazing. That is amazing. You know, we talked about lessons from different kings. Daddy King, Martin Luther King Sr., all of the amazing lessons we learned from Martin Luther King Jr., from Coretta Scott King, from A.D. King, from Miss Naomi King. And it goes on. You know, her grandson, Eddie, is my lawyer. He's also your brother in Christ. He's part of this church. Yeah, I see McCray there too. McCray's my money guy. He's my CFO at the company. He's been, he and Carmen have been close to the path for, we met, we probably met here 15 years ago, Nate. So I got my lawyer and my money guy. <laughs> yeah. You surround yourself with some smart black men. <laughs> and women. 
I know how to run an organization. Got my enforcers. Um, but the one king that I want to talk about before we share communion together is King Jesus. And, you know, I love this passage of the, in Isaiah 53 where it talks about the suffering servant that he's pierced for our transgressions. You know, read that. Think about that. Um, and I really love this translation in Matthew 27, 50. It says, Jesus passionately cried out, took his last breath and gave up his spirit. So Jesus cried out and took his last breath and gave up his spirit. And the curtain in the temple was torn in two. The curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holy places. God's mercy became uncontained. God's mercy poured out through that torn curtain. Jesus breathed in the hate, the prejudice, the contempt. And he breathed out salvation. And for us as Christians, what do we breathe in and what do we breathe out? You know, I thought about it. It's just like a, a tree that takes in our leftovers. It's called carbon dioxide. And it takes our leftovers from our breath and turns it into something beautiful. Think of that. Taking the hate, taking the worst parts, and breathing out something beautiful. And that's what Jesus did. He breathed in the wrath that was meant for us. And He breathed out love and forgiveness to His last breath. That's beautiful. That's a lesson from a king. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for the example of the King family that suffered so much heartache and sorrow and yet turned that heartache and sorrow into love and forgiveness. God, we're so thankful for the example of your son Jesus. And as we take this bread that represents his body and this cup that represents his blood, oh God, thank you. Thank you that he breathed in the hate and he breathed out the love. I just pray, God, that each of us in our hearts please you with the way that we 
Breathe in whatever afflictions are in our lives. Breathe in whatever maladies come to us. Whatever evil comes to us. Whatever hurts come to us. That we'll breathe them in. And through the power of Your Spirit and through the power of Your Son, breathe out the love and forgiveness because only You, God, can change hearts. Only You, God, can bring us together. Only You, God, can bring unity. Only You, God, can bring peace as we take this bread and cup. Just pray that Your Spirit mingles in us with these emblems of Christ's body and blood. And God, as we leave today, I pray that we can breathe out love that we can breathe out forgiveness, that we can breathe out hope for a world that desperately needs it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.